everybody and welcome back to the WTF1 podcast post Saudi Arabia edition. Welcome everybody. Welcome to Tom Bellingham, the WTF1 founder and he's got a point on the board. Well done with your Max Cape. I can see it vibrant <laughs> in the background. And Katie Fairman, the WTF1 author. Nico Rosberg hasn't made his return yet so you can't really get in on the action. How are you both? Are you doing all right after Saudi? Very well, thanks. very well thanks i wonder why we'll dive into that later on Uh, katie how are you neutrality i'm good i'm just tired but such (laughs) is life don't worry the energy will i've got caffeine as well there you go we've got caffeine tommy's absolutely squeaking life out of that love that audio listeners have no idea what he's just just drunk but i assume that's coffee anyway uh this podcast is sponsored by elgato our season-long partners and making us sound beautiful look adequate and just generally be professional so thank you elgato for uh, sponsoring this podcast uh, for the entire season and we're also joined by team wtf1 members who are watching us right now live as we record they've had 10 minutes of preamble rubbish that we've just been (laughs) spieling uh uh, if you want to also hear that then you have to go and join team wtf1 uh we'll be releasing our race podcast on youtube on tuesday Uh, that's obviously as you can see if you're watching it right now on youtube it is comes out on a tuesday but if you want to see it on monday you have to join team wtf1 lots of other great benefits as well so go check that out right here we go then let's get into some fan three word race reviews he's rubbing his hands looking at his little (laughs) smirk face smug face smirk face (laughs) the smirk on his face anyway Gagatkar underscore super super max D Tobez Perez was robbed Bryn Reynaldo is there points and Tommy dot Garavet what a battle and you've even included a little emoji so I'm not sure if that that counts Ooh, as half a word disqualified but either way disqualified from the three word <laughs> review. Uh, but yes, uh, it was indeed a Supermax occasion. Perez, oh God, absolutely heartbroken for him. I'm sure Katie especially, uh, you know, Perez is one of your favourite drivers and you will go into how emotional you are. Uh, is there points? Of course, that's uh, referring to Hamilton, questioning whether you get points for 10th. I don't know if that was just pure rage. I'm sure he's been in Formula 1 long enough to know how far the points go down. And uh, of course, it was a great battle. So let's dive into my three-word race review now. Huge respect shown. And that's, of course, referring to Leclerc versus Verstappen. I can see Tommy just... Not, not between us. No, no, absolutely no respect on this podcast. Katie is quite rightly in the middle of this Team WTF1 live podcast. I don't know if that's going to be the same way. I think the, it will uh, be, yeah. The Tuesday I think it's as well. good for that, yeah. <laughs> Katie's separating us. Uh, but there was a huge amount of respect shown between Verstappen and Leclerc. Once again on track you know there were moments where it was it's pushing the line a little bit Verstappen loves to do his thing on a safety car restart where he gets Mm -hmm. alongside and tries to get you know just a little bit of a a mind sort of advantage over over Leclerc but Leclerc was having absolutely none of it and ran him out of road which I also enjoyed just just it's just little bits here and there but I think overall it seems as though Verstappen in particular, obviously, because Verstappen is in both examples of him versus Hamilton, him versus Leclerc, driving slightly differently, uh, whether that's because of the race directors, whether that's because he has different kind of respect for Leclerc or whatever. That's obviously just speculation. But they have been racing for many, many years together, you know, since karting. It's been Charles Leclerc versus Max Verstappen. It's just an incident. I'm sure everybody has seen that. But <laughs> yeah. yeah, lots of respect. And I, I enjoy it. Yeah, for now at least, they're they're showing respect. I mean, there there is one uh, thing I think I guess 
it is extremely refreshing to see after the title got so bitter at the end of last season. And it was just, while it was great and fierce, and that is part of Formula One, um, it is a bit more refreshing to see the respect there. But then I guess you can argue that it's race two, not race 20, whether we'll still get that in race 20. Uh, me and Matt will have fallen out by then anyway, so we won't be on the <laughs> podcast to talk about it. But um, You make a good point, actually, because Hamilton versus Verstappen. It started off a little it bit It was like actually that. quite yeah. amicable, wasn't it, at the start? Yeah. yeah. Um, and also, um, one example that just popped into my mind, especially uh, with you mentioning about, you know, there were there were old karting rivals, certain Rosberg and Hamilton, where karting old karting buddies weren't they and i think after barring 2014 they had an amazing battle and you know they're like oh well done mate and like <laughs> wrestling like pretending to like wrestle each other and then you know five races later they're throwing caps at each other and uh, handbags are out so it's like one of those things where it's going to be very interesting to see uh how that how that progresses but i do agree with you that max is holding back a little that there were a few moments in that race where I was like, if that was Hamilton at the end of last year, he would have absolutely sent it there. Um, and he didn't. And whether that's the new rules that they know, he knows it's easier to overtake later, or he knows that may, maybe there, maybe he has changed ever so slightly while he's still an aggressive driver that he's thought, look, you know, I, maybe he has thought even if he won't he's not the kind of driver that would admit it but Silverstone if I'd have just let Hamilton through I'd have won the championship so easily and I almost lost the title through that um so yeah maybe maybe there's just a little bit in his head that's like this is a marathon not a sprint as someone famously waters in the hair or whatever (laughs) yeah yeah I think it's a weird one to compare a little bit because obviously the circumstances are very different. Last year, Max was fighting for a championship with Lewis. It was a penultimate race of the season. Um, and also with Lewis, they had a history of having moments such as Silverstone Monza, for example. So there might have been a slightly different way that he approached the scenario last year. Um, but yeah, it is great to see good racing. It sounds daft because that's literally the point of Formula One is for it to be racing and overtakes and stuff like that. But we have had, um, we've been a bit starved of battles over the last few years with the Mercedes domination that we've seen uh, in terms of battles for the lead, at least. So yeah, I'm just happy to have two great fights in a row. It is similar to 2021 where we had Hamilton and Verstappen, um, you know, look at Bahrain in last year, for example, after that race, they were very much like hugging and like, oh, well done, mate. That was a great battle and all really happy. And then how it soured over the year. So I think just take it in while we still can, guys, because it might not be quite as sweet and clean um, as we get on further in the season, if they're still racing against each other. Yeah, I think it only takes one crash to change everything right uh, and i suppose especially if it's a 50 50 and they both disagree maybe that respect will be lost but i do think as though <clears throat> from my perspective verstappen almost knew that he could send it on hamilton and hamilton probably wouldn't close the door like Lewis yeah. doesn't appear to be as aggressive uh, of a defender than leclerc would be and you know, maybe that is because of the past experience that Max knows that that won't work with Leclerc. And if they both crash out again, you make a good point, Katie, if they crash out, if they crashed out in Saudi Arabia last year, 
Max was, you know, it was advantage Max. I'm not saying Max was trying to crash into him, but he could take more risks knowing that if they both DNF'd, it doesn't matter. But it being the second race of the season, also maturity as well. You know, it kicks in that those are these experiences that Max had last year, fighting for a title for the first time ever, obviously winning as well. He would have learned a lot from last year. And, and you know, you, you make a good point about Silverstone as well, Tommy. You know, all these points matter. And scoring none in Bahrain, you know, having again a, a, another DNF, uh, in in Saudi would have been a, a big problem for Max. So yeah, lots of lots of different factors and variables for sure. Uh, next question, GW Stav W is the DRS drama that we've seen today or yesterday, as well as last year, evidence that it should be scrapped. I don't think DRS should be scrapped. Uh, I think that Formula One still needs an element of uh, assistance for the attacking driver, whether that is DRS or whether that's pushed to pass or whatever. Uh, I still think there needs to be some kind of element of that because, you know, if there's two very similarly paced drivers, if the car behind doesn't get some sort of aid, they're just going to stay line astern a lot of the time, unless, of course, the, the defending driver makes a mistake. Uh, of course, the DRS drama is in relation to the DRS chicken game that they were playing or you go first, I, you go first, no, you go first um, into the last corner. And I think that more just stresses towards where the DRS detection zone is. If that's towards or past the final corner, maybe they don't start playing around like that. But we also made in a video that you can see this has gone live today. If you're watching Team WTF uh, via Team WTF1 or yesterday, if you're watching tomorrow, um, is around... It's only a problem for the lead cars if two cars are clear of the rest of the field. They can play these silly games. It feels a bit odd to watch it, and I'm not sure I'm a massive fan of it, but I've also seen a lot of fans saying, oh, I loved it. I loved the fact they were both locking up and you know trying to you know make the other person go over the DRS detection line first. I don't know if that's purely what Formula One is about, and I don't really want to see much of that moving forward personally. Uh, but it seems as though that kind of drama is also what a lot of people live for. So I can also see that side. It was exciting, but it could also be very dangerous. We saw last year Hamilton literally drive into the back of Verstappen. So there's going to be levels to it where it could get very dangerous. Totally. I think DRS should stay for now. I think it's been a key player in Formula One and the drivers seem to think it's a a good thing to have. Um, And I think Verstappen yesterday was saying that, you know, we wouldn't have had the battle that we did without it so I think it's an important like you say Matt to have some sort of element to help the car behind and encourage overtakes but I do feel yesterday with Verstappen and Leclerc it just got a bit too silly um obviously we didn't see quite the extent that we had um with Hamilton and Verstappen last year obviously within that there was the whole let him pass scenario so it wasn't just a case of just fighting for the lead and DRS chicken there was another element to it um, but yeah, I feel like the FIA the race director, maybe in Australia in the driver's meeting needs to just be a bit more firm and say, look, guys, I don't want any more funny business. You treat the DRS with respect and the zones and stuff like treat that. Treat the DRS with they're respect. They're never doing that though, are they? <laughs> no, they're never doing it. And, you know, it's not the first time we've seen it, as we mentioned. We saw it here in Saudi last year. Also Canada 2013 with Alonso and Hamilton is another example that comes to mind. If you haven't seen that, I watched that again on YouTube last night. Don't obviously leave the podcast now to watch it, but make a note and watch it after the podcast because even just watching the clip and hearing the cars is worth it. But yeah, also seeing the example of the DRS chicken that has been appropriately named. Um, So yeah, it's not a new thing and drivers have been doing it for a long time, but it did get a bit out of hand yesterday, in my opinion. Yeah, me too. It's it's a difficult one because I do think DRS 
has its place. And I kind of liked, especially in Bahrain, uh, that you had that moment, uh, and we'll go into this later with my three-word race review, but like, it's cool when the, the other car can fight back and, you know, they get DRS back. But the way that was placed was, yeah, kind of, it just made it a bit, maybe farcical is a bit too much, but it, it does look a bit comical and silly for Formula One to watch a driver try and go as slow as possible. It doesn't, it doesn't really look right. I'm, I'm, not, I'm not against a driver waiting for a move or something for the next corner, but actually both slamming the brakes on for a DRS thing. I think that's where it goes too far, but maybe it's just Saudi because like you say, two of the examples are Saudi and it's not happened anywhere else apart from like say Montreal years ago. So I do think it will be interesting to, if that does happen again, whether they start to have a look into DRS and go, right, we need to have a rethink here because the the dangers, you know, it is dangerous to be slamming the brakes on uh, and and doing that. And it, I think it could potentially get a bit silly. But I agree, they're not gonna they're not gonna do that, are they? If there's cars three seconds back, it's they're they're doing it because they've got a massive lead and there's nothing to worry about. Yeah, it's a very specific scenario where this mm-hmm. happens. I think also, you know, how do you police the DRS chicken game anyway? You know, like, oh, I break yeah, early. Yeah, how early can't. is to break, you know, breaking early? And, and to be fair, both drivers are at fault because they're both playing the game. Like they both massively locked up into that final corner. And yeah, it, it, it just does seem to be very track specific as well. You know, the fact that there was three DRS zones, the second of which was on the run down towards the final corner where Verstappen with his straight line speed anyway, had massive overspeed and could easily choose whether to go past or not. But then having another massively long straight meant that you didn't actually want to be leading coming out the final corner, because if you make a move, the other car can obviously do a little bit of a switchback and then get the run and, and get back past. I don't know if there's many tracks that, have that sort of luxury for the overtaking car to have. Uh, So maybe we won't see it all too often uh, moving forward, but it is an interesting one. Let us know in the comments what you think about the whole DRS drama. Uh, But no, I don't think DRS should be scrapped just because of one or two incidents we get, we see over the years. Uh, Henrik 17 asks, who has the most powerful engine as of now? Red Bull powertrains, Honda, you know, as they were known before or Ferrari. I love how Mercedes just aren't in that question. Yeah. Can you imagine, can you imagine telling us that last year? A different approach in terms of low, high downforce setups makes it hard to tell, in my opinion. I mean, you make a good point, Henrik. We, we don't physically know because we clearly Ferrari were running a much more high downforce uh, setup, which clearly uh, fit more with their philosophy. And you know, that's exactly how they wanted to approach it was be fast in that first sector, but then be very defensive in the middle and last. And it was working for the majority of the race. You can't say that their way of going about things didn't work. But then, of course, there was the VSC. Then Max managed to get within that one second. And then once he was in that DRS it was pretty much Max's to lose because he had that speed boost as well as the um, the straight line speed anyway because of the uh, the lower downforce setup. So it's, it's difficult to say. Obviously, Red Bull have had more reliability issues if we look at <laughs> uh, Bahrain, but it's uh, it, it seems re- relatively even, to be honest, and that's what we want to see. Ferrari and Red Bull going head-to-head and, and not one team completely clear. I thought that part of it was absolutely fascinating to be honest that 
they'd set up in different ways because it looked like Leclerc when he was, and we'll never know, uh, but when he was behind Perez before Perez obviously had his problem, um, whether um, Leclerc would have tried to move, but obviously he was a lot faster in the first sector. That was where Ferrari gained all their time. We, you know, we saw it in qualifying how much quicker they were. Um, and then Red Bull could come back on the straights. Um, that worked really well for a lot of the race, actually. And even when Max was behind, it worked really well for Leclerc because Max couldn't really get within DRS. And he could just, Leclerc could always just, if Max got close, nail a really good first sector and he'd be out of it again. Um, and then obviously Red Bull it had the the slightly the, the difference out where they were just rapid on the straight. And that meant that even on the final lap, when Leclerc had DRS, he didn't close in nowhere near as much. You know, he it almost almost neutralized. It was almost neutralized the speed, maybe for a little bit quicker when Leclerc had the DRS and Verstappen didn't. That's how much of an advantage like the the Red Bull had on the straight. Um, but I think a lot of that is how they set up their car and they obviously believed, you know, they had enough downforce in the rest of the track and happy to uh, sort of sacrifice the first sector a little, but it's one of those things where it was such a fascinating battle that whoever came out on top, you'd have just been like, Oh yes, they played it brilliantly, but it, it, it was such a fine balancing act. Like it could have gone either way between them. And that's what, for me is making the season so good because they do seem genuinely really, really close. And and also you said uh, it could have gone either way. The lap that Alex Albon brought out the yellow flag was the lap that Charlotte, I know that's going to sound, oh yeah, fanboy, but he was close. He was at like half a second back. Mm. And I was like, maybe this is the one. And of course, Alex dive bomb stroll, but uh, sorry. Anyway, uh, back to me not being a fanboy. <laughs> <laughs> no, you got to you got to defend your driver, right? That's what we're here for. Uh, but yeah, it, like both of you have said, it's a very difficult um, thing to judge at the moment. We've been at two very different circuits. It's still incredibly early on in the season. If I had to pick one, so I don't sit on the fence because I know you guys like to pick me when I do that. I'd maybe <laughs> say Ferrari, uh, but who knows? No, I don't think either Red Bull or Ferrari, no, to be honest with you. So I don't know if us like yeah. us guys are going to be able to tell you specifically who is the faster. Uh, but yeah, Ferrari definitely seems to have a more reliable package. That's for certain. And then also the Ferrari PU has obviously benefited the likes of Alfa Romeo and Haas. Whereas if you look at the other customer teams, if you can call Alfa Tari that for Red Bull powertrains, um, Yuki Tsunoda had another shocker, just problem after problem. Um, he seems to think that the reason he couldn't start the race yesterday might be to do with the powertrain, but um, sorry, power unit. Um, but yeah, I think I would be tempted to say Ferrari for this. Fair. Um, but to be fair, Henrik, <laughs> I love how we've gone, yeah, no reliability because we don't really know the answer. He's like, who has the most powerful engine? Uh, but uh, it, I, think I think it could it, be it's circuit dependent tell. as well. Yeah, I exactly. think it could, they could swap, which, is, which again makes for a fascinating title battle. Please. So, yeah, exactly. Bring it on. And, and I think Tommy highlights it well. They were different setups, and, you know, it, it's not more about, oh, you know, Rebel have a ridiculous engine because if they had a ridiculous engine and also were running a reasonable out of downforce, they wouldn't have been slower quite significantly slower in the first sector than Ferrari. So I think it's very comparable between the two. Spring has sprung and our friends at Manscaped have the best tools for some spring cleaning in your pants. It's time to clear out that winter bush and join the other 4 million men who trust Manscaped. 
Use code WTF1 to get 20% off plus free shipping at manscaped.com. Manscaped are the global leaders in men's below-the-waist grooming and have forever changed the grooming game with their amazing Performance Package 4.0. Inside this ball care bundle, you'll find their Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer, Weed Whacker ear and nose hair trimmer, Crop Preserver ball deodorant, Crop Reviver toner, Performance Boxer briefs, and a travel bag to hold your goodies. The Lawnmower 4.0 trimmer is designed to trim hair on loose skin. It's also waterproof and equipped with an LED light, so you bet it's a major key to the new shower routine. The Weed Whacker nose and ear hair trimmer provides proprietary skin-safe technology which helps reduce nicks, snags and tugs in those delicate nose and ear holes. Get 20% off and free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. That's 20% off and free shipping with the code WTF1 at manscaped.com. It's time to throw out your old hygiene habits and upgrade your life. Uh, Tommy, your three-word race review, please. My three-word race review is Battles Last Longer. And this is about oh. the oh, this is about the 2022 regulations. We were a little bit on the fence after the first race. It's still only two races, but they're pretty damn good. I mean, I'll shout out um, my dad, actually, who texted me after the race, uh, who said uh, he said to me, you know, when we were chatting about the race, it's, it's so great that people can actually fight back after a move. And that's, I totally agree with that. I absolutely love that about the new regulations, because in 2021, you used to have, su- you used to have to have such a huge advantage to pass someone that, uh, you know, I think they said, you know, you need to be like two, three seconds like quicker because of how bad the dirty air was, that once a driver does get past, they've probably 99% of the time pull away because the reason they've got past is because they're a lot quicker, the other person's tires are destroyed, or it's just generally, yeah, like a faster car. Now, the the way they can follow so closely that, if another car, if you pass another car, you can genuinely just have a better lap than someone. And it doesn't, you don't have to have a massive pace advantage. You can have a better lap than someone, get within the DRS, overtake them. And then that car hasn't been overtaken necessarily because they're absolutely miles slower. It's just because of like DRS and you can follow closer. So then the other car comes back. And yeah, we saw that not just with Leclerc and Verstappen, but with the Alpines as well. Um, and K Mag and, and Hamilton I and K Mag and Hamilton did the same. It's just it's By the just way, so refreshing. Return, Return of, of the, the Mag. Mag. I, thought I should probably show the T-shirt now. Return of the Mag. <laughs> Every time we mention he mention Hamilton, <laughs> yeah, um, you can find us on the WTF One store as well as other Ferrari hype train uh, new products. Uh, please carry on, Tommy. Yeah, is I'm just loving it. I, I just think that that is a is something that I really like about these new regulations is the fact that once a fight is over. Um, it's it's well, it's not over when the, when the other person <laughs> you thought overtakes. it was over. Yeah, exactly. It's awesome. I love it. Yep, I echo your thoughts, Tommy. Uh, I think the tires as well allow for this to happen, um, where you know they're not so concerned about um, the overheating, maybe so, so slightly, because of course that was another thing was not just the fact that it was dirty air, but that the car would start sliding and you know they'd have to get out of the of the immediate dirty air from the car ahead because the, the car would start overheating. I think to be fair, it was some, uh, no, it was Alonso. I remember it had on his uh, car actually come up during the race. <laughs> cool, about, cool the car. That's it. it made me think of that, but generally um, it's, it seems as though uh, it, the, 
the cars can follow and that's and that's brilliant you know it's not like they're all toe to toe and you know it's but it's close enough that it's definitely a step forward uh, mm. and that's what we want to see uh, you know battles lasting longer and as you say Tommy just having a better lap being able to get in that DRS passing because DRS is still reasonably strong but then not being able to clear off and having these battles continue on and genuinely feeling like okay next lap he'll get him back and I don't think we've had that for a very long time uh, which is which is what we want to see it very much is I'm enjoying it greatly um, but to mention tires there Matt Listening to Verstappen yesterday speak after the race, he's being a bit of a negative Nancy about tyres. He has said that there is better racing, but it also depends on the tyre because some compounds just fall apart. He said the weight of the cars pushes you over the tyre edge. Something needs to be looked at. Following and racing is easier, but it's not going to be any good if the tyres die. We could have raced more in stint one without that. So, yeah, it will be interesting to see what Pirelli have to come back with that because, obviously, these are brand-new compounds of tyres. The tyres themselves are bigger from 13-inch to 18-inch this year. So um, it will be good to see if Pirelli can do anything. But, I mean, they're not exactly just going to be able to, like, whip out a brand-new <laughs> speck of tyre because yeah. they spent all of this time preparing these for... 2022 uh but it's something to think about and could be a consistent uh bit of feedback from drivers throughout the year that is a really interesting point that i wonder i wonder if this season could be the one that changes our mind about tires because i wonder how much of the fact that they were on a hard tire at the end where they could both push meant that that battle was so good because normally you know we never see that in formula one uh, before where someone takes the lead and it genuinely felt like Leclerc could have got him back. Like there, mm-hmm. there was always that hope and yeah. excitement and that's what made the race so good. You know, every every Hamilton and Verstappen battle last year for a lot of the time, once the person had got ahead, it was like, that's it, it's done. And it was exciting because it's at the end of the race, but that was it. And then you're like, okay, that's really cool that Hamilton's passed Verstappen or Verstappen's passed Hamilton, but there's three laps to go and it's game over. Whereas this, it was like, oh, well, Leclerc is really close here. Like, he can get him back again. And that's what made it so good. And it and it does, it's almost changed my opinion completely on, like, the tyres that maybe maybe they're right saying, you know, uh, I guess the problem is you get that lull and it's only a one-stop. And there was a little bit of lull in the middle of the race. But if we get that kind of racing because they can just push and they don't have to worry about tyres and they can fight and refight, then maybe maybe yeah they don't need to rely on tires so much these days for great racing yeah there's always going to be an element of compromise isn't there if you have one thing then you can't have the other Mm. and uh yes it it seems as though the softer steps of tires maybe is is where max is complaining about but the harder tire definitely worked um and you know you saw that and to be fair you know max has his opinion but then you know you look at the alpines would they have been able to battle for that long or been told to battle for that long if the the medium tires were really that bad. So I'm sure there are lots of uh, comments that come out about tires and sometimes the drivers disagree. Uh, next question, uh, Julog90. Compared to 2021, did the 2022 cars deliver better battles between the teams in this race? Yes. I think, we, I think we've kind of summed that up with what we've just spoken about, to be honest. Um, the Alpines in particular taking all the airtime at the start of the race. Uh, but yeah, I think that's just a unanimous yes from us. Anything to add uh, on that one, uh, guys, or no? I guess there's one, there was one little moment, actually, where 
I remember thinking this during the race. I think it was maybe two McLarens, maybe both Astons. They all came around the final corner and you're like, there's absolutely no way that that would be possible last year, that they were mm. literally nose to tail. Or having them throughout. at the back or just battling. <laughs> Both. <laughs> 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 but yeah. Um, yeah. The fact that they were nose to tail round a corner. And I think, I think Verstappen alluded to that, didn't he? In his, um, in his post-race uh, interview that you kind of have to think about racing completely different because you can follow. And it just is changed. It's literally changed the way you race. And that's what we want. Love well to done, see F1. It. We've As done everyone's it. tweeting at the moment. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Team WTF1 member Fud Dud asks The racing between teammates Alonso and Ocon made great television, but they lost a lot of time to Russell ahead of them and, and allowed Bottas to stick around, eventually passing Ocon by the end of it. Did Otmar make the right call in letting them race, or do team orders need to be given to prevent both drivers from falling back? Now, it's, it's two ways you can look about, at this, really. One, you're an Alpine fan, and the other is that you enjoy watching racing. I think we all enjoyed the fact Alonso and Ocon went toe-to-toe uh, and maybe not so much enjoyed Ocon going very late to the inside at one point and nearly having a plane crash with Alonso. I'm really glad that Fernando had uh, some serious reactions um, with, uh, uh, with that as a 40-year-old man. Well done, Fernando. Um, glad you mentioned it because I was going to say not bad for an old man, and then I was like, "Oh no, yeah. I'm going to get bullied nah. for saying I mean, I'm eight long." He is <laughs> he's literally forty, so uh, yeah. so well done, uh, well done, Fernando. For most of us, um, but yeah, then then obviously we had Otmar allowing them to race, being interviewed during the race actually uh, with with Sky, which was quite interesting. I don't think he made the right call as a team principal. That there was enough battling to be like, okay, all right, you've had a couple of laps, guys you can stop now because these midfield teams, especially Alpine turning up to Saudi, having a better car than what they had in Bahrain, there was great opportunity to maybe not stick with Russell, but at least fully confirm that they will finish sixth and seventh. But instead they battled incredibly hard and did allow Bottas to, to get onto the back of them. K-Mag as well rocked up like, hey guys, how you doing? He was on the hard tyres, I think, as well. So from a team principal side of things, no, he did not, in my opinion, do the right thing in terms of their drivers. If they have to jostle it around for a couple of laps to determine who wins the race in that battle, fair enough. But on the fan side, carry on. I oh, love it. Brilliant. <laughs> uh, so it depends which way you look at it. You know, from a fan's point of view, I loved watching them battle. It was great to see it, but they did definitely hinder both of their races. I'll add a third side into that, which is you're the CEO of BWT and you're absolutely <laughs> loving the fact that they did not show the leaders once in about... 10 laps because it was just all the bright pink Alpines, uh, which of course they've done for that sponsor as a celebratory thing. And I bet they were absolutely, maybe they told, maybe they, they said, were absolutely buzzing. <laughs> um, yeah, it was such a great battle. And this is always the thing. And I think it goes back to the original point of it's not like one car was necessarily faster, like normally, where you can. You, you hear drivers, you know, in 2021, that's like, I could go a second faster, let me through, and they let them through, and then they do, they are genuinely quicker, and they shoot up the road, and it's fine. With the DRS, they're just going to swap. So it's good. that's going to be a really interesting dynamic this year of if that starts happening between team teammates, and they are just genuinely as quick as each other, what, what, are, the, what are the team principals going to do? Because one driver isn't necessarily faster than the other it's just they are just 
occupying the same bit of racetrack. I wonder if Otmar is just letting them sort of find their feet. And obviously if they did come together, which fortunately they didn't. And I'm very glad because my heart rate, I don't think would have been able to take it if they had come together. Um, maybe Otmar's just letting them, you know, feed it out, get an understanding of maybe where each other stand rather than butting in so early. But yeah, it was a risky thing. And like the, this person, Fud Dud, makes a point of it. It allowed the quite a lot of the grid to catch up to them. Uh, but yeah, I don't think when Fernando Alonso said to tell Esteban to defend like a lion last year, he meant it when it was him behind him. But <laughs> yeah, it was, a, it was a great battle, great exposure for BWT. And now that pink Alpine livery is done it's retiring it's gone which I'm actually really sad about because I've definitely it's grown on me a lot so um yeah lost the team a lot of time though you can't deny that no you can't um team WTF1 member Fraser Hutchinson comes in with we haven't seen anyone surge through the field yet do you think although cars can follow doesn't mean the overtaking is as easy we've seen two drivers swap back and forth but not a singular driver overtake and drive through lots of people just a thought what are your opinions on how the new cars race I mean, I don't think we've seen a really fast car like a Red Bull. Well, we haven't seen a Red Bull or a Ferrari at the back of the field having to come through. Of course, we had Hamilton out in Q1, but he was legitimately in a car that didn't work. And it did look a bit better in, in the race, don't get me wrong, but he still finished 10th, which he questioned whether he got a point for that or not. Um, so I don't think you can really measure having a fast car come through the field. You know, I, I imagine, Fraser, you're thinking of... Brazil, where Hamilton started at the back and came through. But at that, at that point, Mercedes had an unbelievable car and a very quick engine. I think we will still see that kind of thing if we do have a, a fast car starting at the back. And if anything, it might be a little bit easier from what we've seen. Um, so I think it's very difficult to to really be able to, to measure that one uh, until we have someone starting at the back. We're going to have to pick a Red Bull or a Ferrari driver to take one for the team here for Fraser. Have a yep. DRS infringement in quali, get disqualified, start from the back, <laughs> do a Hamilton in Brazil so we can get an answer. Yeah, Max Verstappen yeah. uh, volunteers as tribute. Uh, I've just heard comments. So, uh, <laughs> yes. It's fine. I'm making a graphic as we speak about uh, Leclerc penalty. <laughs> <laughs> for, for context, Tommy made a, uh, a graphic uh, just at the, but whilst Leclerc was leading with a few laps to go, made a, made a graphic about Leclerc's <laughs> perfect start, uh, full well knowing that that Ready kind to of post thing on is, WTF1. Is, is underhand and disgusting tactics to try and uh, get some sort of outer outer <laughs> interference. Power, yeah. yeah, yeah, and and it worked. Well done, mate. Yeah, hope you feel very happy about it. <laughs> Enjoy the money. Enjoy, it. Yeah. <laughs> Enjoy the money, much. James. <laughs> Giving off those vibes, but yeah, it's early days, and also I wasn't expecting anybody to have a crazy comeback in Jeddah. Anyway, it's not really a circuit that I would think could maybe allow for something like that i listened to yuki Sonoda after the race yesterday obviously he didn't even make it on the grid but he would have started from p19 and he thought he could fight up and get into points um but obviously we didn't get to see that but let's let's see in australia that's next track has been improved to aid with overtaking so it could be a good place to get an understanding of fraser's point yeah i mean science according to the graphic started in the pit lane so yeah. uh, did, which is a very odd one i think that probably i i didn't actually notice that you noticed that when i chat map but i imagine that um made a lot of ferrari fans hearts drop when they saw that because well, it wasn't was like, mentioned wait, it was like, he's, li he's surely the commentators the would have mentioned this if he was starting in the pits yeah it was the but grid yeah. graphic everybody for those yeah. that didn't see it but yeah until he um 
You right, Tommy? Me. I just I, I just pinged my phone accidentally. That's one of those uh, find my, my iPhone things. Yeah, yeah, with my hand in my pocket. Well done. Um, yes. Uh, what was I saying? Yes. Uh, for uh, Red Bull, it basically all just relies on. Um, yeah, I guess the, the one downside to the new rules is that um, Red Sorry, Bull. I thought I'd do the banter. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, it was you that time. Yeah, was, yeah. Oh, I, I thought I that they would speak looked, to each other. I genuinely looked and thought the iPhones are chatting to each other. Um, <laughs> yeah. The the performance gap. I mean, Red Bull and Ferrari are genuinely miles ahead you know even of mercedes so when we see one of those cars start at the back like you say that's when that's when we'll see them sure yeah definitely uh right katie your three-word race review please well mine is a bit more of a somber three-word race review mine is checo so unlucky and that is obviously about Checo pole, which, oh my goodness, like I could be happy about this bit because he's finally got a pole position. Amazing. Took him 11 years, but he's done it. And I'm really proud of him. And I think so many people in the F1 community were absolutely buzzing for him. Obviously qualifyings, let's fair to say it's not previously been a strong point. Um, but then we got to the race and he had a really good start and he managed to get like a 2.5 second lead to Leclerc by lap seven. And I was like, come on, boy, here we go. And then it got down to 1.6 seconds when he decided to box because the Ferrari garage were also ready to box. And it was going to be like Perez Leclerc, who's going to come up fast. Perez went into the pits, Leclerc stayed out and then Nicholas Latifi hit a wall and it ruined Checo's race. And I'm still not over it and I'm really upset. But um, yeah, I'm. <laughs> I really hope that that could have been a victory. I'm gonna support my boy Checker here and say he would have won the race if it hadn't have been for that. But obviously, there were other parts to it as well. The whole safety car line, who got there first, who should give the position back. Perez eventually like gave it back to to Carlos and sort of surrendered it, which I think he's done more because of the new race director's instructions to sort of say, I'll let you guys figure it out on your own. And then if nothing happens, then we'll investigate it. But yeah, I'm, I'm in mourning of a Checo victory today. So. Well, thank you for that, Katie. Uh, I think we'll have to change the overlay of your graphic to David Croft because that was, uh, (laughs) there was some serious commentary going on there. Really enjoyed that. Um, But yeah, uh, it was it was heartbreaking for for Checo. Genuinely, it was he done everything right. I I could not, you know, there was nothing that I could say that he could have done better. He got pole position. He had a great start. He managed from the front. You know, whether or not he would have actually won the race, we don't know because you know we saw how quickly it looked like Leclerc was going to win, and then as soon as Max got in the DRS, everything changed. But that point in the race was definitely crucial because, as you say, it was one point six. Leclerc was definitely on a push to come in. And how unlucky do you need to get to pit? And then the literal within that lap, um, Latifi bins it and, and uh, uh, changes the complexion of the whole race. Uh, you know, and Sergio couldn't do anything from there because they were all very similarly paced. I think Carlos Sainz was maybe lacking a little bit and fell away uh, at one point. But in general, the top four were, were very similar. So Sergio being at the back of that queue meant that, or, or third in that queue, wasn't it at the time? Because Sainz was complaining. Um, but then Sergio let him through, so back of the queue there was really no hope for him at that point unless something crazy happened so yeah i i am inclined to say that he would have won that race as well if uh, nothing crazy had happened and i know it's i know i'm sorry about I'm it sorry, it's Casey. fine <laughs> uh and it's it as much as it's a really painful result for him finishing fourth 
it's actually a, a massive confidence booster that he can do it around a track that requires so much dedication and commitment. You know, this is a, a track with 27 corners and walls everywhere. And the fact he was able to get pole, you stick one to Max in a lot of ways and could have easily been ahead of Max in the championship. Then what happens? Is he the number one driver at, at that point? Probably not. But it's huge confidence booster for Sergio. And I have high hopes for him now for, for the rest of the year to, to hopefully get in the mix and, and see what he can do and, and pick up a few victories potentially. Yeah, it's a big shame because he was going to win that race on you know, merit and he was controlling the pace. Well, we saw that he was had, it would have been very interesting. Like I kind of mentioned earlier to see how Leclerc would have played it. Would he have sort of settled for P2? Um, you know, maybe in his eyes, maybe he was thinking, you know, is Perez really my title rival? Do I sort of back off a little bit early, but then, and just sort of settle for P2 and think of like the points game, or would we have seen him try and battle it? But I do think Perez, you reckon? But I do think I do think Perez would have won, um, and like you say, it's just so unlucky. But I guess you've got to look at the positives, and that's that he outqualified Max Verstappen on a really difficult circuit, and yeah, would have beaten him. And then it would have been a fascinating narrative to see what would have happened after if we were sat here on this podcast now with Checo winning and you know being ahead of Max in the title. What like what? All the questions would be very different, but I've got a, a, an interesting, slightly amusing uh, thing for you, Matt. I know Katie already knows this. Uh, okay. If you don't, uh, uh, I'm not sure if you know this already, but who was the last F1 driver to convert their maiden pole into a win? Because obviously Perez didn't do that. Uh, Michael Schumacher. No. <laughs> it was... <laughs> Pastor Maldonado. <laughs> oh yeah, of course. <laughs> so I think that's crazy that you know we've had Charles getting pole, Max getting pole, Danny Rick getting pole since then. All these drivers and the yeah. last person to take their, you know, Bottas getting pole. Yeah, last last driver to do it. Still, I was trying to think. I was like, why have you asked me? Is yeah, it because it's Michael Schumacher. No, <laughs> fair, uh, Pastor Maldonado, the, the goat. Yeah, what crazy. A, what, a, what a hero. Um, there is a, a question from KTH Destaney25. Could Perez actually have gotten P1 if he didn't pit before the unfortunate safety car, which we've already covered? Or was it the right decision on Red Bull's part? Now, that part I don't really need, think needs to come into question. Of course, Red Bull would not have known that Latifi was going to lose control and smash it into the wall. And they had to cover off Ferrari, in my opinion. Um, so they, they did do the right thing to cover him off. What Ferrari would have then done, was it an actual bluff? Didn't seem to be because Leclerc genuinely closed in quite significantly on that lap. So I think the Ferrari were definitely uh, going to pit that lap. So they, they made the right decision uh, and there wasn't much more they could do. The rest was just the universe. As Lance Stroll says, sometimes you love the sport and it doesn't love you back or something along those lines. I don't know. But yeah, Ouch. it's just... it's the way the cookie crumbles. One one thing that I've not seen, and uh, excuse me if I'm just chatting absolute nonsense and made this up. <laughs> this is well, a great way to start the sentence. Did Ferrari play an absolute blinder by dummying Perez, making him pit, and then knowing he'd go right behind George Russell in the traffic and wouldn't be able to undercut Leclerc? I've not seen anyone mention that, but like, 
was was Perez going to be able to put a really good lap in when he was stuck behind Russell? Maybe not. Yeah. So yeah, it's, it's I wonder. I wonder if um, had that played out without the Latifi crash, whether Leclerc might have got ahead anyway mm. and done an overcut. You never know. Yeah, it's a very good point. It does seem as though you could look at it that way that Ferrari saw on the you know the live driver tracker that it would be very marginal for Perez. Uh, with George Russell and perhaps, you know, they were, you know, I'm, I'm speaking for Ferrari here, but you know, that is a, a gamble that could have potentially worked. Um, so obviously I don't know. I don't know how quickly Perez would have actually got past Russell and whether he actually would have kept the lead. That's a very good point, Tommy. I completely forgot that even happened. Yeah. Uh, I mean, George the first Russell sector, was... didn't have a chance. So he'd have lost a fair bit of time in the first mm. sector. And then knowing Red Bull's pace, he probably, probably would have, have got him into the RS, but yeah. still, still, still would have been lost time. Lap, yeah. That's a very good point. So thank you for that, Tommy. Yeah, our big resident, brain time. Big brain, <laughs> big brain stuff. Love it. I'm uh, sure Ferrari question. will claim it now and be like, yes, strategy. Yes, strategy. Ferrari <laughs> definitely listen to our podcast. Um, Lampy Eastwood comes in with a question. It seemed like a Ferrari, like Ferrari did a pit stop. Okay, we've just covered this. It seemed like Ferrari did a pit stop dummy when Perez stopped. These are not allowed, right? Well, actually, no, that they are allowed to change their minds, aren't they? And there are, there are very gray million times times last say, year. There's, there's <laughs> big gray areas as to what you can and can't do within uh, the pit stop realms. Um, but yeah, Mercedes have done it many, many times. And I think they are allowed to change their, because I'm sure Ferrari will argue, well, we wanted to do the opposite to Red Bull and Red Bull came out. And so we didn't bring him in. Mm. So it just seems as though this whole you're not allowed to do a pit stop dummy thing just doesn't really exist, even if it is somewhere in writing in the in the rule book. No, very much. They Ferrari said that they were ready to pit the clerk. Um, and then the clerk just said, Yeah, they basically went for the opposite to Checo in front. And uh he said, I think we did the right choice. I think you did, mate, because Perez's race was ruined and I'm still not over it and I'm going to be sour <laughs> for, wow, okay. for we, the rest of the uh, At the start of this podcast, it's like, oh, Casey, the neutral. And now it's like, oh my God, <laughs> It's fine. I'll, I'll get over it. I've got time to, yeah, like soak it I, in. I'm also mourning a, a win that I thought was, uh, in, we're both mourning right now, yeah. uh, which, is, uh, which is something where Tommy's just like, yeah. Gloating like, oh, should I, so I put the cape on? Will that make you feel better? Oh, yeah, no really, it really will. <laughs> it's, it's the problem with Tommy is that he'll sit there and just just bask in it, but not really say much or you know, it doesn't really. This is very really, much uh, Jeremy Clark. This is my smug more. face. Yeah. <laughs> it does. I'd rather you rubbed it in my face. Anyway, yeah. next question. Draconic underscore dusk. Max, Charles, Carlos, and Kevin all set their fastest laps during the last three laps of the race, whilst Alex was stopped in sector one. Will they get penalised for this? Well, uh, no. Uh, they the investigation is over as far as I'm aware and uh, no, no further action um, because of course it's in one particular area of the track. If, as long as they visibly show that they, they have slowed in that part, then it's not a problem. So clearly there is something on the telemetry and I'm imagining, you know, how you have the line of hundred percent throttle. I reckon it just goes beep, and that's it. Uh, but as long as they visibly show that they, you know, let let off the steam a little bit. I think that's uh, exactly what happened. I think they played yeah. one of them on the Skypad and it was like a oh, yeah, off the throttle. Which is crazy. That is not slowing down for a for a double waved yellow, wasn't it, at that point? Mm. Uh, so of course, you know, they had the DRS. Well, to be fair, Max, uh, last three laps didn't know. Max wouldn't have had DRS, but Leclerc did. So you, I guess on the Ferrari side, you could argue, well, we've had three DRS zones and we, you know, it's, it's a very odd rule that they've, 
they've clearly done it by the letter of the law and gone, well, okay, I have to slow down at the incident. Could I have actually slowed down and stopped, which is what a, a double yellow flag is supposed to, uh, you know, do is that, you know, you, there's, there's a danger on the track, be prepared to slow down and potentially stop. There is no way in hell any of those drivers could have slowed down and stopped if Alex Alvin was in the middle of the track. Uh, and of course, Max came over the team radio, was complaining that Leclerc had closed in, which he did. I think he closed in by a couple of tenths compared to what Max did. But I think just generally everybody broke the rules. And so so then they just didn't enforce anything by the looks of things. Yeah, not, that doesn't sit right with me. Like they've, they've done it in junior series where they have penalised almost the entire field and just gone, well, that's the way to do it then because it kind of sends a message even if it does look a bit ridiculous. Um, yeah, even, even when you can go quicker with DRS and the final sectors, there's something a little bit, I don't know. It doesn't, it doesn't sit quite right that you can set a fastest lap when there's a yellow flag out. Uh, it, especially, you know, everyone talking about the, the nature of the circuit as well with blind corners and things like that. Mm. It's, uh, yeah, I'm surprised there wasn't more um, done about it. They seem very, very relaxed, the stewards so far. Yeah, I mean, I don't want to sit here and have Charles slander at all one because Matt will just kick me off the call. But um, yeah, I'm a bit perplexed as to how Leclerc managed to get the fastest lap of the race on a lap where there were single waved yellows or maybe even double waved yellow flags. Like that's a point as well. It doesn't make sense. Exactly. So I i don't know. The FIA said after the Grand Prix that lap 49 and 50 were under investigation. Who even knew you could get a lap under investigation? It's a pity they didn't do that for Abu Dhabi. But anyway, another point. Um, but yeah, they said afterwards, the stewards investigated whether each driver, so I assume that they've looked at the telemetry and details for every single driver on the grid that was still going, to see if they had slowed down for the single yellow wave flag in lap 49 and a double yellow flag in lap 50. And after reviewing the data, they determined that no further investigation or action was required. So yeah, whether that was a case of everyone did their job and they all, you know, lifted off and well done guys. Great no job. Or whether they were like, Oh, bloody hell, it's one in the morning. I don't want to be doing this. Just put the final classification <laughs> out. <laughs> I, don't know. Like. <laughs> I don't know. They sound like uh, I love that steward voice. I want to. So I want to hear that more F1 on the Twitter voice, and now I've got Stuart voice. Stuart voice, <laughs> a bloke down the pub. But I want to. Yeah. I want to hear. I want to hear that more on the podcast. Sure okay. Everyone will. I'll will bring it out on special occasions. Get a voice but... for every single different um, role in Formula One. Uh, yeah. That's going to be it. the new Katie's Wait. FIA rant. It'll be Katie. Do the FIA voice. No. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. But yeah, um, it's weird. weird yeah, it's very weird, and it does seem as though. They've just kind of overlooked it because so many people, so many drivers. It literally just... happened in Austria yeah. last year. It's either Austria or Syria. And there were so many drivers that were investigated. And it was only the ones right at the back. I think it was Latifi and maybe Mazepin that were penalized. And everyone else who I think did a better uh, or like did worse jobs at lifting off didn't get a penalty. Yeah, I think I think that clearly it's not clear cut enough as to what is seen as sufficiently slowing down. So, you know, they have loads of mini sectors. They, they have three big sectors, but they also have mini sectors, which is between each marshal post. What they just need to apply, just like they do with the VSC, you have to slow down by 40% or whatever it is, have it so that you have to be 20% slower than the fastest lap of the race or, I don't know, or something that's actually tangible mm -hmm. rather than, oh, the telemetry. Yep, no, he definitely slowed down by two mile an hour uh, <laughs> compared to his other laps. 
because that people can get away with it as well, can't they? When exactly. they look at they look at the mini sector and go, yeah, he was 0. 0.00. Like it almost feels like if you're 0.001 slower than you were before, it's fine because you've slowed down. But it's like not really. You might have just had. Had a That's not for a double lap. wave yellow, is it? Yeah. I am so proud of you two boys having your own little FIA rants. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> look, you've rubbed off on us. You've grown <laughs> up so much. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but it doesn't seem like they're going to do anything about it. So it, this yeah. is all falling on deaf ears, unfortunately. Uh, next question. Another thing about the stewards. At Shahar Eshet, why is Leclerc crossing the pit lane line being overlooked? Great question. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know. No. I, I have no idea. I um, saw this question was in the podcast sheet, so I did some investigation um, and looked into the sporting code. And in Appendix L, Chapter 4, Article 4D, it states... Yeah, <laughs> it states, except in cases of force majeure, which is basically exceptional circumstances, accepted as such by the stewards, any tyre of a car entering the pit lane must not cross in any direction any line painted on the track at pit entry for the purpose of separating cars entering the pit lane from those on the track. But that, did that say I'm any, seeing, not all? Don't start this. No. <laughs> <laughs> but um, it's just, I don't understand it because Tommy sent me the picture of Leclerc with this. Yeah, do you want to see the picture? Do you want to see the picture? Yeah. You've seen I've, it. I've it seen is, it. It's not, uh, it's not blatantly a, over it. it yeah. Not, yeah, like a millimetre over. And as people were quick to point out, you know, Yuki Tsunoda in Austria last year received two penalties for doing it twice during the Grand Prix. And, you know, people online are like, oh, Max is just such a whinge bag. He's moaning about this. He's mo- moaning about the uh, fact his light's not working at the back and all this yeah, kind of stuff, nah. which you, I can see. But don't forget the um, TV direction are maybe only playing specific clips. We're not hearing the full story here. But... Um, I think, you know, the drivers are in much of a right to complain about something like that, where they think, well, the rules are clearly not being followed here, than they are to mention other things on team radio. Um, And yeah. 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 Huge shock as adrenaline, adrenaline filled driver wanting to win the world championship tries to complain about other teams breaking the rules. Potentially breaking Uh, the rules. Yeah. You'll appreciate this, Tommy, as a Max fan. But everybody that's everybody that says that Max oh. is crying during a race, jog on. Like he's literally following a car. He knows the rules. He's seen that something. Anybody in that position, anybody would have questioned Charles Leclerc going over the line in the pit lane entry. That they would have, because that is literally the rules that they're not, he's not allowed to cross the line. So, of course, he's going to go on the team radio to speak to his team. He's not pressing that team radio button to speak to the worldwide audience. Yeah. Hello, audience. I would just like <laughs> to complain guys. about what Charlotte is doing. He doesn't, he's not talking to you. There's he's loads to of, team. They'll be doing it in P15, 16, but it's yes. not played because it doesn't matter. But it, it matches the narrative of the race for Formula One broadcasters because it's, it's part of the drama. And yeah, like you say, he's of course he's going to mention it because, well, as Katie said, it is in the rules. And, sorry, I'm getting, I'm getting passionate. He also <laughs> is going to question. He's also going to question the lights not flashing on the back of Charlotte Claire's car because that's safety. there for safety. Like, yeah, he, he is. He you know the flashing red lights on the back shows when that Ferrari is harvesting energy and therefore is not going to be as quick. I'm sure Max is also questioning. Hey, 
is that legal? Should he be on the track? Of course, of course he's going he is. to. Yeah. Every yeah. F1 team is out for an advantage, no matter it's who It's a competition. You are. So anyone saying about Max crying, just... We've said this so quiet. many times because people said it about Hamilton as well. Um, you know, always, always crying on the radio. It's like, if you mic'd up professional footballers <laughs> playing oh a game, it would be... It would be unbroadcastable. Yeah, yeah, like, that's a bad it, idea. It's like, of course you're gonna, you know, the drivers are all biased. The drivers all want an advantage. The drivers will all do anything they can to get an advantage. And yeah, it's we're gonna we see it from everyone. So, and w- one thing I'll add while we're we're on this conversation is, please, can people stop believing everything they see in quotes on Twitter, even from parody accounts? Because there was one doing the rounds of a of a parody account clearly joking about um, Verstappen. <laughs> it was just obviously a joke, but it was Verstappen saying uh, they'd quoted it and said uh, Verstappen's team radio at the at the end of the race was great battle with Leclerc. This shows it was Hamilton was the problem all along, which is so <laughs> obviously a joke and not true. And like Verstappen didn't say that, but. People on Twitter just seem to believe just anything they see in quotes, face value. Yeah. Uh, and it's not true. So, yeah, I mean, just come on, just enjoy also, the enjoy the battle, <laughs> enjoy another th- another thing of people believing what they see on Twitter and stuff uh, is that Gunter Steiner. I saw had, had an interview with Chris Medland. Uh, I don't know if you've heard this clip or not, where he said that. <laughs> But it's going round where apparently he would have effed the whole paddock for two points when he quite clearly said hugged. And yet everyone... Oh, I, I heard it and I thought... Listen, you said listen back and, and yeah, actually yeah. say the words that he said, but put hugged in there. You can see how the words combine. And there's no way in He's hell... He's got quite he a strong said, accent, hasn't yeah. he? And, but then if you actually... Like, I would have hugged. Like You can see how the way that can combine, but everyone's like, oh, he, he would... And, if it reminds actually... me of uh, Nick Hyde. This is a throwback. <laughs> Nick Nick Heidfeld ages ago. Um, Imagine, yeah, it's he's got a bit of a <laughs> Nick Heidfeld's got a bit of a, a lisp, and he he said the word rankings on the grid and you can imagine oh, yeah. what what it sounded like. Um, so yeah, oh, that was him. that just reminded me of that. Yeah. So again, another thing: don't take what people say as quotes, and let's but literally go and verify it. Anyway, moving on. Uh, Come to TV us. direction. Let's talk about rubbish. it. Yeah. Well, yeah, I, don't um... know. I don't know about you, Katie, but yeah. <laughs> uh, TV TV direction. Let's talk about that. Uh, there is actually a video coming out probably the same day as this podcast, so it may well be live. So go and check it out. If not, it'll be later on. Uh, at Bird Flu Nuggets uh, comes in with. <laughs> Oh, okay. Comes in, comes in with the question: If you watch the F1 TV replay of the race, can you agree that we do not need to see replays fifty percent of the coverage time during the final few laps? I usually do not complain about this, but it was well in excess. Um. Okay, so I went in it's rant time. Yeah, this I'm is like Katie. Sit back and enjoy this, this is like Katie with her rule book. Uh, I think it's now me and Tommy about to. Well, I'm not going to go in too much because there is a video coming out on it, but. Uh, it was uh, really bad, uh, to be honest with you, because you know, live action, live sport, the only reason we tune in at 2 p.m. or whatever time it is where you are to watch a race is to watch it live. And when Verstappen and Leclerc are going wheel to wheel, you know, Verstappen's just got past Leclerc. It's not over. Just because Verstappen's through on turn one does not mean it is done. I do not need to see five fans wearing <coughs> blooming Max capes or whatever they were wearing <laughs> And it's not because just because the car. Yeah, I was going to say, if they're wearing the clothes. Yeah. Even, even I don't need to see that just to cover yeah. you there. 
we firstly their reaction was not what i wanted to see anyway it wasn't even that good we do not need to see that uh, you can you can show me that at the end of the race or when it's calmed down when they were at, out of a second of drs it is the final few laps i need to see everything of this fight for the lead absolutely everything i do not need to see a replay of what has just happened 10 seconds ago i do not have memory loss i do not need to see that okay i'm <laughs> not a goldfish <laughs> exactly so please Please prioritize the fight for the lead, the live coverage. What we pay, Sky Sports F1, and Tommy, you put this in your open letter. Sky Sports F1 in their advert put it's only live once or whatever their tagline is. Then don't show me a replay. That's not live. Okay, mm. I've popped off. All right, yeah. I'm sorry. I'm gonna, just I'm just for the just for the avoidance of doubt, because I did see a few. I did that uh, rant on the website that as well, and. Um, just for avoidance of any doubt, it's not Sky that control that or no. uh, or Channel 4 or whatever, blah, blah, blah. That is uh, Formula One in control of that. And I totally sympathize that covering a Formula One race is extremely difficult. And I have no problem with the fact that, say, Alonso on a random lap, it's really unexpected and he makes a dive bomb on Ocon and they missed it. It's hard to complain because they can't cover everything. And, you know, we might have not known the move was happening and there's a bit of a lull in the race, so you show it. There is nothing more important than that Leclerc and Verstappen battle. And we can see, and we've seen it literally in the last race in Bahrain, that they are passing and repassing each other every, like, corner in the DRS and stuff. I, I don't need to see a replay of it again. And and also, like, the the, the transition of, like, the F1 logo... That just feels like about four years when you're when you're not when you're not when you're not like getting to watch the action live. That lingers on so long, and they'll show a replay, and it's like let's see a replay from another angle and another angle. It's like it's like no. they've got they've got. Um, it, it reminds me of um, it's like the person doing it is doing it as if it's football, and in football you score a goal and the the mm. game stops. Yeah, right. It's over. It's over. They can show replays of the goal. They would not be showing, like, say, like, um, someone does a tackle and the, it's literally the equivalent of this, like, someone does a tackle, the ball's still in play, and they, they replay the tackle while the ball's still in play. No, they wouldn't do that, would they? It's so ridiculous. And it, oh honestly, like, you, uh, it yeah. drove me around the bend during that, and that I'm not final over, lap. I'm not done. I'm not done, Tommy. I'm going to carry on for a second. Another thing is that quite clearly F1, T- F1 TV, you know, the app that isn't available in the UK and whatever, but they clearly show that double or triple boxes work very yeah. well. Yeah. yeah. What If you want to show some Verstappen fans losing their minds, stick it in mini another box. box. Mini box Little on the timing box. tower. But <laughs> don't take away from the live action. I... I don't know whether it's because there is an agreement that F1 TV are the only people that are out to do it or only subscription services where you press the red button and that's where you can have multiple screens. Who knows? I don't know the fine print. But what I do know is the main feed sometimes needs a double box. That is it without yeah. question. Just to cover something as well. So, just sorry, I know I'm on a, I know I'm on a massive rant. But no, go just, don't to, apologize. Just, to, just to cover something as well, like... I know that it's very, 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 very unlikely that Verstappen and Leclerc can pass each other in that sector one. But the excitement is watching yeah, it. Like, I know, I, just because, like, 
and you want to see how close they are. That's that's part of the excitement. And like, I know that there's probably not going to be a move there, but don't use that just because there's not going to be a move there as like, yeah, let's put all the replays in now and show it again. Like, it's like they're so used to form like old Formula One and they're not being much action and they're really caught off guard by it. And they're like, they need to pad the coverage out with replays to make it interesting and yeah, stuff. It's not, like, it's but it's not needed anymore. Like Formula One have spent so long doing these rules to make the racing better. So don't ruin it with the TV coverage by sh- not showing the racing. Like you can't have a whole regulation change to make racing good and then go actually you know what we should focus on like five Verstappen fans in the crowd celebrating instead like no 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 I have no. I, no. I there's really not much no. to add here guys because you guys have <laughs> no. gone off go and it, I Katie. love it I only have a few other things to mention so yeah I don't know who at the top of Formula One has said that we need to get more crowd shots, but it's doing my head in. As much as I love the crowd and seeing them there and, you know, they're just like us at a a race and it's relatable and all that kind of stuff. Stop showing them at the blimmin' important moments. Like when, whether it was Abu Dhabi on the final lap and it gets replayed all the time because they're always showing Abu Dhabi. But like when it was the start of the final lap in Abu Dhabi, they went back to a shot and it was just all the crowd and you couldn't see the blimmin' cars on the track. And I was like, why have they done this? And then, yeah, showing them yesterday, like the most important, time I think everybody watching it must have probably shouted at their tv in perfect sequence to be like what the hell are you doing or synchrony sorry so yeah crowds cams can go away I feel like the next thing f1's going to do is start introducing kiss cams at like the most important moments of the race like it's just got so stupid secondly I really like the helmet cams but can we not have that camera during the really important moments because it's impossible to see Max Verstappen is just a blurry mess on Charles Leclerc's helmet cam so it's great in some moments, but it just didn't work there, guys. So just, you know, put that one in the bin. They've, they've seen then, how popular that is, haven't they, on social after the Bahrain yeah. fight and come, oh, yeah, let's do this. Yeah. They're going to have the start of the race soon with helmet cam, aren't they? Like, oh, oh here we go. Here's, here's 14th with a helmet cam. <laughs> here we go. Here's his nose. Lovely. <laughs> yeah, since you mentioned, you can see the driver's nose as well. That's all I'm like focusing on. Them, like, oh. <laughs> um, and also, yeah, talking of the starts, we didn't, I think, see it as badly here. But previously, somebody needs to have a word with TV direction about how they cover the race starts, because it will literally be like, here's a replay of a start you saw 30 seconds ago while we're still on lap one with all the drama unfolding and moves trying to be made like we can have a replay of the start later on when things calm down a bit we don't need a replay of what we've just seen 30 seconds ago while stuff is still going on but anyway yeah tv direction was very disappointing this weekend tommy's uh, rant that he had hit the nail on the head and i'm looking forward to seeing your video tomorrow matt but um yeah can yeah. we get some Good race there, wasn't it? This was the negative part of the podcast. No, no, it was energy. It was big energy. I don't think yes. it was negativity. Needed we're standing up for Formula One fans. And I think a lot of F1 fans were also of similar uh, kind of opinions yes. to, to what we we said. So um, I don't think this is a, an unfair thing. And I think just one more thing, you know, there isn't going to be there, just one more thing. Uh, I don't know why I'm holding a pen. Yeah. I'm just like, <laughs> one more you thing. You're writing an angry letter um, as I'm we speak to F1. <laughs> You literally did an open letter to F1. <laughs> I did. Um, but yeah, I, the, you, you mentioned, you know, there's not going to be an overtake in sector one. Okay, yeah, that's fine, whatever. But the interesting thing is, okay, will Leclerc be able to hold on to that one second or just under be under one second? He's faster in that first sector. Can he close in? That Those kind of gaps that we don't then see because the, the, you know, the overlay is gone because we're watching a replay, all of that's missed. And the problem, I think, and why it's so frustrating is because it's such small things 
have such big consequences for the overall enjoyment of watching that battle unfold. And it is, there are such simple solutions from what we can see. And we're not asking, we're not asking them to predict the future and, you know, Max is four seconds behind and suddenly he's somehow miraculously dived bombed and taken the lead and they've missed it because they didn't expect it. Yeah, that's You saw it happening. Like there's nothing more important than a battle for lead. It's the final laps of the race. The two leaders going, I don't care if what's happening. I don't care about the crowd. I don't care about Hamilton ping. I don't care about like replays of it. Like just show the damn thing. <laughs> I love how um, people have probably tuned to this podcast. Like, oh man, Tommy, they're going to be at locked horns over Verstappen over... versus Leclerc. And all we're doing is being on exactly the same page about F1 TV direction. Love it. Right. Moving swiftly on. Let's talk about Nicholas Tifi at Adam Angus 15. Considering his recent run of form, do you think the Williams team begins to start asking questions about Nicholas Tifi? And do you think they will do anything about it? Uh, yes. And maybe. Uh, his start to this season has been dreadful. I don't think you can really beat around the bush for that. Last year, he wasn't exactly excitingly good. He got better towards the end of last season, but maybe that was George Russell tailing off a little bit, thinking about uh, his move to Mercedes. But it's been a really poor start for Nicholas Atifi. He's crashed too many times for uh, you know the era of the cost cap. And maybe he's pushing too hard because Alex Albon has joined and he knows that he has to do pretty well against Alex in order to maybe stay in Formula One, but he's pushing too hard and it's not good enough. He's going to have to firstly stop crashing and secondly, get on to Alex Albon's pace. Then maybe he gets to stay in Formula One, but until then we can probably start to question his career very soon. It's not ideal to have crashing quality and then all the team, you know, work. It's really hard to get the car back in one piece for the race. And then it takes what, 16 laps and then crashes again. Um, but yeah, that's definitely a very costly uh, weekend for Latifi. I will also add that Alex wasn't exactly perfect this weekend. He might not have ne- like necessarily, obviously he was in the crash with Stroll, had such a, a devastating crash, you know, caused a lot of damage financially to the car. But he picked up a reprimand for impeding. He also picked up um, a penalty. Oh, don't get me started on that. We'll have race. another rant in a minute. Yeah, (laughs) but he's picked up a penalty for the next race um, for his incident with Stroll. So, yeah, both the Williams drivers not having a great weekend for quite different reasons. But, yeah, Latifi, it's not been great. You know, take a break, have some Nutella and... um... Love how, That's my love just always patronizing. Uh, love Take it. a break, have some Nutella, and come back. See you in Oz. Have a yeah. Nutella Kit Kat. Um, yeah, the do they exist? I don't know. Just because you said have a break. Trademark. Oh, <laughs> I see. Um, yeah, oh. that went over everyone's head. Um, <laughs> the uh, Latifi thing. Yeah, I mean, Williams said that. Uh, correct me if I'm wrong. I feel like Williams did say when they got taken over that they don't necessarily need pay drivers anymore. Um, and obviously Latifi did all right. He looked like he was improving, but he's had an absolutely miserable start to the season. And, you know, it's not worth it if um, he's going to be crashing the car on a regular basis and can't, you know, can't get in any kind of performances or, or points for them. So, uh, yeah, it'd be interesting to see uh, how that, um goes because obviously Latifi does bring 
the majority of their three sponsors on the car. <laughs> uh, but it's, um, yeah, not not great for him. No, not at all. You can have all the sponsors in the world, but if you keep crashing, I'm sure there will be uh, Williams in particular just looking at, you know, are there other revenue streams that we can get from another driver? You know, it's there are. frustrating. He has got potential. We've seen a few moments, like last year especially, there is something there, but yeah, he just needs to iron out all these mistakes. He's got potential but... if Bottas wipes half the field out. And it's a good point. It's I was going to say, he doesn't really have the pace, does he? You know, when we look at the comparison between himself and George Russell and, you know, already we can't even compare in Saudi because he crashed in qualifying, but it just doesn't seem to have that pace. And the, I mean, the, the crash itself, I'm not going to go into a massive Nicholas Latifi rant and, you know, and all that good stuff we can see from his results, but the crash that he had in the race was quite, it was bizarre. It looked it like it looked like, yeah, it was he went, really odd. From my was, amateur driving perspective, I haven't saw, driven an F1 car. You, 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 well, coming, let's just say if, if, crashed, if the way he crashed um, uh, happened in Abu Dhabi, uh, it, it it did almost look like he just drove into purpose, the wall on yeah. purpose, uh, which of course he didn't. But um, it was quite yeah, a pathetic crash. He's pathetic not pathetic, slope. but like yeah. the actual way yeah. in which he crashed was was very odd. It, it, as I say, from my perspective, it looked like he went in a bit too hot. He was sliding already going around that left hander, uh, you know, which would quite quite clearly suggest tire temperatures, you know, tire wear, that good stuff. And then he's just like <laughs> just overcredited and driven into the wall. It, it looked yeah, like it, when you turn traction control off on a game for the first time when you're learning yeah. how to do the F1 game, and yeah, then you like you like oh whoa. Okay, these cars have so well, maybe when maybe when maybe when you drive it on the <laughs> F1 game. Depends <laughs> oh, <laughs> right. on the force feedback. <laughs> yeah, true. Uh, okay, let's uh, let's play the jingle, or maybe not. I don't know if you play the jingle, but I want to I want to raise a point about this. I oh I've lost the jingle. <laughs> You've lost the jingle. You've lost it. So, so, so we have to do. Um, it's time for I also we can sing it, but also I I wonder how many people because we do get the odd you know the, a fair number of listeners these days. Can we, can we, maybe, should we send, people send their own jingles if anyone's feeling creative? Yeah. And we'll maybe have a, have a listen to Jingle. a few different ones. <laughs> okay. I contact, love it, yeah. Contact at WTF1.com. Send your jingle in and it may well be the one we feature in this podcast. Yeah, and we'll shout you out and maybe use a few different ones if we get a few. We were, well, we, we, we we're it. actually a podcast that people listen to as well, which is crazy. Aren't we like, weren't we like number three in the UK Third sports? In the UK sports chart, yeah. For Spotify, which is absolutely insane. So thank you, everybody. I should probably mention that we are all very overwhelmed by that and thought that three people listened to it. So thank you, everybody. And that's us, yeah. We are chatting away. Uh, okay, it's ABCDF one time without the jingle. Okay, so here we go then. Let's start with Lewis Hamilton. I am going to rate him a D. Same. I am inclined to. I I know he had bad like a bad car. He's not too happy with it. But looking where Russell was, and also this whole thing with pitting and like not pitting. I just I can't. Was that his fault? I can't. I can't I tell if that I was his fault was or like, not. I think what, it, maybe it's Mercedes. No, that Hamilton. Fernando, yeah, that yeah. Other Fernando was going slow for a long time, and there was a probably quite a high likelihood that he wouldn't make it the whole way around because he started slowing like you know, after, I don't know, turn three or four or something. And it's quite a long way to get round. So you think Mercedes would pop on the radio and say, hi, Lewis, there's a slow car, you know, telling him anyway. Um, likelihood that this could be a safety car, get ready to box because it's the perfect window. I, I think and he, just he did happened. come out, he passed the car, didn't he? And he came over the radio and said, there's a slow car. 
then they said, I'll come into the box, whatever, whatever. But the Have thing was, past? but I don't think it actually mattered because the VSC wasn't thrown until a lot later, in my opinion. Anyway, I don't, even if he had pitted, he would have had exactly the same length of pit stop because of the fact that, well, maybe slightly quicker because there's yellow flags out there. But there wasn't, because we, I think we saw Kevin Magnussen came into the pits as well. And there was mm. no VSC until right at the end when he left the pit lane. So, I think that Mercedes were obviously a little bit hesitant because the VSC hadn't been thrown at that point and they were clearly gambling on some kind of safety car. So I'm not sure there was a huge amount more they could have done. Um, mm. But yeah, it's uh, still not a great performance, I don't think, from from Hamilton, of course, being knocked out in Q1 and then only managing to get back to 10th. You know, Maybe that was partly on the strategy, but overall, you know, Russell was very comfortably in P5, which just showed how important qualifying was. So the fans gave Hamilton a C. Uh, we've given him a D. Uh, George Russell, I'm going to give him a B. Yeah, I feel like B's fair. Sounded like almost all the drivers were really struggling as well with the race. So, yeah. Yeah, I've gone for B. a B. Yeah, lovely. And the fans gave him a B. Max Verstappen. Hey. <laughs> I make you feel better and just me go first. Yeah. A. Okay. Thank you. I thought that. I thought. I thought. Mm. Can't give him an A. Star. Yeah. No. A. A. Got fortunate with the safety car. Yeah. Yeah. And didn't qualify very well. Yeah. A. It's not perfect. He obviously it's close to an A star. Yeah. But I don't yeah. think it's. I don't think it is an A star. I don't think it was a full a, a flawless performance. Uh, that's why I was like, and I'm really glad you said A, hey, Tommy. Thank you for coming with that. Uh, the fans gave him an A star, so they're all. I thought we'd get cancelled by Hamilton and Verstappen fans just to balance Perfect. things out. Yeah. Nice, oh, yeah, cute, yeah, yeah. nice. I love that. Burn the cape. They'll be saying in the comments. <laughs> uh, Sergio Perez. I am going to give him an A star. Yay! I was expecting to come wow, across you as went a really so loud. It yeah, literally didn't come noise cancelled. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> like it was, the, it was the faintest. Are you? Oh my god. <laughs> do this um uh, sorry i should just should not yell but yeah i'm, I'm giving him a nice star because why not yeah uh, may could he have got science back mm, no <laughs> i think yeah he's so unlucky uh, no i'm giving him an a i'm giving him an a because oh, maybe maybe nah. the fact that I'm the, the fact that max got Rude. leclerc maybe perez could have got science no he got pole position and he he perez hater he, yeah he well, i know yeah. he would have won but no, uh, but, uh, but what i can still give I, him but I then, think but then you can start. still make up for it when you've been shafted so yeah he could have got science but i think everything else Considering his other performances, it's definitely the best performance I've seen of him in that Red Bull, I'd say, and it deserves an A star. But no, no worries, Tommy. Uh, you're a hater. <laughs> uh, the fans everyone. gave Perez an A. Um, Charles Leclerc. A. A. Yeah, a. yeah. Wow, no A stars anywhere. Hi, really, a. Apart from for Perez. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, hi, A, everybody. Please don't hi, hate a. us. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> if I'm saying Leclerc's an A, then you know that something is not right. Uh, but no, I think it, it's an A. Uh, the fans gave him an A star. Jeez. A couple of A stars for Verstappen and Leclerc. Yeah, to be fair, though, they were very quick at the end and cleared off, right. didn't yeah, they? Yeah, they cleared off. So oh, cleared this off. Is, it's a really difficult grading. The the gradings are always really like difficult. Ten when, miles, really. Yeah, when when uh, almost like there's a safety car and luck changes. Mm. And, then, and then how do you factor in like luck and skill? And it's difficult. 
I've just got to commit to it. Um, next up is Carlos Sainz. <laughs> See, if I'm giving Leclerc an A, he's got to get a B. Yeah. Yeah, he's getting a B I again. Think, yeah. It's, it's just so not Carlos. quite there for Carlos at the moment. Uh, he's just seems to fall away a little bit in the race. He seems there or thereabouts in qualifying, but just not quite there. Uh, to st- it, just, it, it seems like he stays with the leaders and then just ever so slightly falls back. I then- saw a very interesting question Ooh. that I didn't put in Hello. Um, because I didn't want to uh, go in. But while we are going in, <laughs> it was um, it was that uh, Carlos Sainz, um, a couple of people mentioned this, that how how long can it go on for before like Sainz is sort of worryingly going to get a bit of a Bottas tagline? Mm. Of of watching and he will watching Max hate and that. Leclerc, yeah, he will. I said it and, in his best reactions. Yeah, he, you can see he, on his face he's already getting that way. But if but if this is a trend where Max and Charles shoot off into the distance and he's back, like you do have to grade him as him being in a car that can win races. And third is not exactly, you know, third is like minimum really. Mm. So yeah, it's a B. Yep, and the fans gave signs an A. So it seems like we were just a step yeah, down. We're just, we're, it's the, uh, from it's the rant that's just made us annoyed. And now we're, yeah, we're just yeah. absolutely raging F1 fans. And, and Max <laughs> won. So I don't know why you're raging. Lando Norris. So this is where uh, I was a little bit, um, uh, I guess, uh, assumed, assumative. I don't know. That's not a word. Um, uh, I made some assumptions on Daniel Ricciardo's uh, race which the Danny Rick fans did not enjoy in their special reaction. So I'd like to apologise. Uh, what did you say? I basically just said that Danny Rick wasn't as, it wasn't, it was basically meandering in the back. The thing was, <laughs> that he, he pitted really early and I wasn't mm, massively really keeping an eye on his race. So like, you just kind of see him at the back. And of course, I, yeah, it, it, I just kind of said he wasn't doing as well as maybe he was until he conked out. But Lando, of course, was fighting at the end for P6 with Ocon which was mm. quite surprising. I think that, did he get quite fortunate with the safety car from what I can I can muster? Um, but either way, very difficult to work out because the, we didn't really see much of them uh, unless uh, we unless I'm completely off here. But um, the fact that he was fighting for sixth place. That confused me that, that like... He was you're there, right, yeah. You're right. It was, it, was, it was because we had that battle at the front I was watching, like, yeah, not really <laughs> noticing the McLarens. The only really time I ever noticed them was, oh, wow, McLaren are, like, last again. But like you say, that's probably because they, they'd pitted. And then all of a sudden, Norris is fighting Ocon for six on the line. I was like, sixth? Yeah. That's really yeah. good. Not, not 16th, like, sixth. Yeah. yeah. I'm going to give him an A just because an A. McLaren were an absolute yeah. Yeah. shocking car. And I think it's a bit harsh to give him a B if if he's got seventh in, in a car where he was not great. McLaren clearly yeah, took a step true. forwards this weekend, but I think if you're comparing it to where they were in Bahrain, it's a, it's a decent, a decent result. Yeah. I'm no, just trying to see if I'm I can give it a B actually. I can't, yeah. I feel I like B is mainly because I gave Perez an A and I can't read my other. I'm downgrading everyone. Fair. <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah. B, B I think is a fair score. Not bad to go from, um, where they did to seven. <laughs> so, yeah, B. Okay, fine, whatever, don't care. Right, so the fans gave Lando a B as well. Uh, Danny Rick, um, 
he was having a very good race, apparently. Yeah. <laughs> uh, but he was on older tyres and Lando was right behind him. Um, and then obviously conked out as well, which is difficult to see where he would have finished. Uh, I think his race was slightly worse than Lando, so I'm going to give him a B. Yeah, I gave him a C for the same reason, but all my grades have won lower, apparently. <laughs> I'm going to go for a B as well. Just seeing on the, like... Uh, race structure from yesterday he was ahead of Norris um, and then he had his issue so I'm gonna say B okay and the fans gave him a C so apparently I'm not wrong at all and he was having a mediocre race I don't know anymore maybe it's just the Danny Rick fans anyway next up Fernando Alonso he was having a a great race Uh, was faster than knock on it has to be said and then he had his problem he would have finished probably P6 I'd imagine B? Uh, you'd have finished sixth, yeah. Um, a, I'm going to go for a B. It's a. close to an A. I actually know. I liked the way Fernando drove. It's an A. Yeah, I want to give him an A. <laughs> yeah, okay. I'll be swayed. <laughs> Love that. Uh, and the fans gave him a B. What is going on? Like, <laughs> we, we are so off the mark this week. Um, for Esteban Ocon. I'm going to give him a B. Yeah. Lost that. Yeah. Questionable defending as well. I think you need to watch that a little bit. Yeah, that's yeah. a bit I naughty. reckon Fernando had some serious words with him after in the, uh, <laughs> in the motorhome or wherever, because that was, that was, that was sketchy. Uh, so B for Ocon and the fans gave him a B. Pierre Gasly. Oh. He drove with the worst pain he's ever experienced in his life. He didn't know what it was wrong with his intestines <laughs> or something. So I think, that alone is, is an incredible dedication and, <laughs> and, uh, and whatnot. And he scored some points as well, didn't he? He's finished P8. P8. It's a P8, yeah, it was. Yeah, uh, P8. So I'm going to give Gasly a, a B. Yeah, I can't really be grading drivers higher just because they've got uh, their intestines are about to explode. So yeah, I probably have to go oh, for a B. <laughs> I love the way you, I thought you were going to get a, a bit of a tummy ache and they're like, yeah. intestines exploding. <laughs> I mean, yeah. A bit graphic. It's, yeah, a well B. Done. Good, good drive. Cool. And a B from the fans. Yuki Sonoda had a great drive halfway around the, the field uh, before <laughs> conking out not even on the formation lap, on the drive round to the grid. I want to raise something yeah. here. Is this the first completely ungradable driver because he also didn't take didn't part in qualifying? Qualify. Yeah. I think I think it's got to be kind of like what Vettel. Like Vettel's not there and just can't Could not give be graded. Grade. Could not be graded. Yeah. Fair. So, uh, you, so you know no the grade. master plan can't get beaten by Gasly if you don't race. Yeah. There you go. Just do one race, it's really good. Big brain Yuki time. The fans gave Sonoda a C. <laughs> so, okay. I mean, to be fair, they had to vote for something. Yeah, exactly. Uh, Nico Hulkenberg, very, very anonymous. Very anonymous. Yeah. Uh, and he was left out there on a strategy that just meant he was getting passed by everybody. But he hasn't been good, uh, Hulkenberg. So uh, obviously he has gone into the car last minute. But at what point do you start to go like, well, actually, you've been in the car for a while now. Evan Magnuson got in the car last minute. Just yeah, saying. D. D! Okay. Yeah, first. C. Okay. Why? To take Why? a step back from the mic. Right? Why? Sorry, I mean, oh, well, I, I was going to say he finished 12th, but there was only, well, like 13 finishes. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Uh, 
No, I All can't give them a... All things considered, I think yeah, it's a C. It's a C. It's just, it's just bang <laughs> average, really. <laughs> okay. Sorry, I dropped oh, well. something. If my mic went weird there. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I could hear whatever you just dropped, but it's, it's fine. You just uh, dropped Nico Hogenberg's hopes and dreams there. Okay, but... have I been horrible to Nico? I'm now, I'm no. now questioning everything. No, 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 really. no, it's just kind of. I think this could I be the last just... time we see him in an F1 car as well. Yeah, so it's a shame. sad. Uh, did you go for a C, Katie? I did, yes. Yep. Okay, the fans gave Hogenberg a C. Lance Stroll. It's mm. rant time. Oh, um, go on, Tommy. Does Lance Stroll's car have mirrors? <laughs> <laughs> Go on. I have watched back the Alex Alban crash and it is identical to Yuki Tsunoda's in Brazil. And yes, I will admit it is a late move. But if I'm, if, if you're like anyone that's played a Formula One game, if you're driving into a corner where someone's in your DRS and you're, and someone is alongside you, you don't just take your line as normal. He, he, he just, cuts into the apex and i'm not saying that like it's completely his fault but i'm looking at both those incidents and thinking they're 50 50 and i've, I've watched that album one and that album got and, penalty as well and he? he got a penalty and penalty points and i'm just wondering how many times are we going to see someone try and overtake lance roll him just take his line like they're not even there and then the other person get a penalty because then like Stroll's ruining his own race anyway because he's cutting them up and getting taken mm. out. Um, I just think that it's a little bit of a, you know, takes two to tango situation. And yeah, fair. Um, I watched it back and I was like, honestly, you would not, you know, that is that is a normal overtaking spot. And you've he even defended Albon because he knew he had DRS. And then just gets into the corner when he's alongside and just turns in as normal. It's not for me. Yeah, that's just a idea. bit not great. <laughs> not great racing. Like no, not it's particularly not. good uh, racecraft. So um, D for Lance Stroll. Gone for C. Mm-hmm. But... <laughs> Aston Martin literally finished twelfth and thirteenth. Then we're going for C's. What, what is, what's going on here? Well, he would have. Um, yeah. <laughs> What are it's we doing average. here? It's just he gave, average. Isn't he gave Hamilton it? a D and he finished tenth. He did qualify sixteenth though, didn't he? Yeah, but he had setup issues. Uh, oh, we're okay, not very understanding. And then rear end actually. <laughs> <laughs> no. Apparently, okay. in the stewards' doc, it said that Albon locked up and collided with car eighteen. But my goodness, that must have been the quickest lockup I've ever seen in my life. Because like I think you he said, locked from up at the back, apex, did he not? Like when he was it, when he realised that he was about to was turning yeah. in on him. Yeah. Yeah. Very odd. It's a D D. As well. A D. Okay, nice. Love that. Okay, so finally, one of you agreed with me. Cool. And uh, the fans gave Lance Stroll a D. Nicholas Latifi, F. Moving on. Sorry, we still give out U's. <laughs> yeah, we actually, if, if we do, A, B, C, D, E, F, 1. No, F. Yeah, F. A, B, C, D, E, F, U, 1. No, so F. And the, the fans gave Latifi an F. Uh, Alex Alban didn't have a great weekend either, to be honest. The fact he was dive bombing Stroll for P27. It's impressive. It's uh, it's it, it's got a it's got to be a, a, a D. Yeah, I've got a D. Yep. The fans gave Alban a D. Valtteri Bottas. He was having a good race up until his car breaking. I'm going to give him a B. E. <clears throat> yeah, we've not mentioned the weird lap where just half the field just <laughs> broke down all at the yeah. same time. That Bottas, was so Ricardo bizarre. and Alonso all breaking um, down on the same yeah, lap. B for Bottas. It'll be like uh, the um, 
oh, what was the conspiracy theory where there was like an e- oh no it was Hamilton at Brazil with the EMP gun or whatever it was that, yeah one of the conspiracy theories of like just someone just turning off everybody's car um yeah Bottas got a B from the fans as well uh Zhou Guan Yu he ended up finishing 11th which is going to be painful for him Didn't I'm annoyed at this weekends Alfa Romeo completely messed him over yeah, they, they completely did. forgot to do the, the five second wait. And oh, they yeah, of course. Yeah. They had a race. weird thing with the whole jack, didn't they? Where they. Yeah. I don't know if. Not good. Not happening. Yeah. I felt like because you're not allowed to move the car at all, are you, when serving the five second penalty? I felt like there was just massive confusion where they've gone, oh, that doesn't work. So we'll try this one. And they've probably thought, oh, well, he's waited five seconds. But the problem is you're manipulating the car and you're not allowed to do that. So. If you don't serve a penalty, though, you can be disqualified from the entire race. Like, the stewards are fairly lenient and be like, we think it was just an innocent mistake. But here, yeah, had Alfa Romeo just continued and not done it? and then... What do you mean? Well, he was, he was disqualified. No, no, not, oh. not, not being disqualified. <laughs> like, he wouldn't. But he finished 11. How much he, did he, he got, lose? Well, he, got, he's, uh, he had the issue again at the start, didn't he? Where, oh, yeah, um, that was odd, wasn't it? The, the, he, it's happened both races. It happened to Bottas and him in Bahrain. And again, because uh, you heard him on the radio go, F star, 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 it's happened again yeah, or whatever. Because yeah, yeah. um, he qualified 12th, which is like decent. So um, this is C, I think. Yeah, it's, it's got to be a C, I think. Katie? Sorry. Um, oh, <laughs> I was tra- just, I got just distracted by admin. something. Just... Yeah, I was. I was doing some work. Um <laughs> I don't know. I feel like I want to give him a B because I feel like he could have been higher. And yeah, you mentioned the clutch issues and then the fact that Alfa Romeo screwed him over. So yeah, B. Okay. Uh, but we both went for C's and and the fans also went for a C. So uh, show Guan Yu with that. Uh, Kevin Magnussen, he had a weird issue with his neck in qualifying and I was kind of thinking he may not even be able to challenge in the race if his neck broke or whatever he was saying in, in interviews, which uh, doesn't not sound Not a nice thing to hear, no. Yeah, it doesn't sound particularly um, pleasant, uh, but solid, solid work from from Kevin. Finishing P nine, I think it's a B because uh, I think he could have got more. He said in qualifying he could have qualified higher uh, if he didn't have that problem. So I'm going to go with B. Yeah, B. B. As if we're yeah. calling giving uh, a Haas driver who's scoring scoring points a B. Uh, <laughs> that is uh, 2022 things. The fans gave Magnussen an A. Uh, Mick Schumacher. I mean, difficult to grade as crashed well. in it crashed in qualifying so i mean D? on the basis of giving latifi f's for crashing mm-hmm. it's gonna have to be an e for mick i think but we wish him all the best and hope he gets better <laughs> for australia what did you give him sorry an e yeah yeah, yeah. i think that's fair f because Latifi crashed twice and E because Schumacher crashed once, but he did then stop himself from racing. So. Yeah, he couldn't actually. It seems harsh when someone has a horrific yeah. crash that you're like, almost like being like, it's pretty harsh. But I mean, it is. it was his mistake, I think, wasn't it? it was yeah. yeah, it was a minor mistake, but it's still a mistake, unfortunately. And it cost him, yeah. cost him the entire weekend, unfortunately. So yeah, and the fans gave him a C. Now we get to the Saudi GP predictions. Um, you haven't put in mine, Tommy. That, oh, no, that's oh, yeah. this is Saudi. I thought this was next week. I was like, I oh, right. this. Uh, Saudi GP predictions. So I went for Merck, another podium. That did not happen. And Red Bull fall further behind Ferraris. That went well. That's a, that's a big zero score from me, Katie. 
I went for a red flag in the race. And we thought, yeah, you were. Like, you oh, that's so obvious. That. I think you lose a point minus point. Yeah, no, that's not fair. <laughs> yeah. I'm just glad there was no red flag, it. to be honest. <laughs> yeah. Um, so I'm happy that there wasn't a red flag, and I'm happy not to get a point for that. And then I said, porpoising will be really bad. And I'm taking that because it was. Thank you. <laughs> I, uh, I, 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 Tommy literally made a graphic of did the chair thing on Friday of making a porpoising joke about it being really bad. So Tommy, was you give me a point there. Was it worse really? than the word, the word really. Oh, I think we're gonna have to get Team WTF on to decide. Well, they love me. So oh no, they yeah. love you. Yeah, <laughs> we yeah. have to decide. Team WTF, <laughs> one, I love you. Okay, we'll give you half a point. I'll, I'll allow half. Half a point. I think half because it wasn't really bad. Let's be real. Let's be real yeah. here. It wasn't really bad. Real, 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 real. It wasn't really bad. But it was pretty bad. I've got the drivers on the phone telling me it's really bad. So. And hello. Oh yeah, no, half a point. Okay, cool. So, uh, <laughs> <laughs> Tommy, uh, oh, make sure you make a first points. That went well. And Ricardo out in Q one again. That that didn't happen. That's a solid Zero. half a point score for all of us. Well done, everybody. Uh, Timo 292-02683. Red Bull will have another double DNF. No underscore Scott Elder. Zero points for any Mercedes customer team. No, because McLaren. Yuri underscore nineteen ninety six back to back victory for Leclerc. No, I bet you were like, oh, yeah, but that was you, Tommy. That's, but that's your burner account. Yeah. And uh, the Australian Grand Prix predictions. Uh, I've gone for one Merc or both. Doesn't matter. At least one Merc doesn't make Q three, and has no points. Just feel like Australia. Bad times for them. They didn't put on their wheels properly a few years ago. Oh. So uh, that's uh, that's bad times. Katie. I've gone for a different one. Oh my, well, I suppose. What, what am I reading? So I went for both. Originally, Tommy, I put in the group chat, I'll go with both Mercedes into Q3. You've allowed a... Go on, Katie, say it. Ferrari pole. You've allowed Ferrari pole to get through get through the... Well, that's like a 50-50 chance, the sieve of Tommy's yeah, exactly. Exactly. Could be anyone on pole. <laughs> exactly. Exactly. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just rendering this all the way again. Okay, fine, whatever. Uh, and the other one? Thanks. Um, Magnuson, top five in quali. Fair. Got Okay, Mag. By the way, Patel of the Mag. Yeah, T-shirt, live on the WTF1 store right now. Tommy. I've gone for at least four DNFs. And I've gone for... Best five, please. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Uh, Russell makes it 2-1 in quali. Interesting. So... Lovely. Yeah. So beats Hamilton. Uh, Shady underscore Man United signs getting his first win. AF 1555, new team on the podium for 2022. And Roberts underscore Eppner's both McLarens out of the points. Wow, the McLaren hype is not real with <laughs> Roberts. There you go. That is a quite a long podcast. So I hope you have enjoyed. Thank you to all the Team WTF1 members who have been watching this live uh, for the last hour and 40 odd minutes and a, a 10 minutes of preamble as well. That was <laughs> good fun. Uh, Tommy, final thoughts? Yes. Max, 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 Super Max. There you go. Enjoy that. You're absolute. <laughs> I loved your face then. You, that, you was worth it. that was worth waiting an hour 44. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Katie? Um, wow, I you guys don't get any better at this. Oh, why do your brains just stop working? <laughs> I'm even going through my Twitter to see what I've put over the weekend to see if there's anything I can mention. But 
Yeah. But no, but nothing was of interest. Is what no. You're <laughs> Don't follow me on Twitter is what I'm saying because I tweet absolute oh, rubbish. Yeah. Okay, brilliant. So um, yeah. is that your final thought? Brilliant. Okay, thank you so much, everybody. My final thought is I can't wait for Australia. Looking forward to the the new track layouts in Melbourne. Uh, sorry, is it Melbourne or Mel? It's Melbourne. 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 And I, I always did yeah. Melbourne. And everyone's like, yeah. shut up, Matt. That's wrong. Uh, people do that with Silverstone. Though. I say Silverstone, but it's Silverstone. Potato, potato. So, yeah, literally, it is. Yeah. Melbourne. Look, look forward to going to Melbourne and um, yeah, the new track layout because it's supposed to be mm. faster, quicker, better, stronger. Better, stronger. <laughs> Excellent stuff. Thank you, everybody, for, for watching and listening. Hashtag WTF on podcast if you want to get involved in the discussion. Do your jingle. Do the jingle. Send aggressive. it to contact at WTF1.com. Uh, look forward to my ranty video, although you have already heard a rant. Uh, go and watch the ranty video of the F1 TV direction as well. Double run upload day. Yeah, double. Yeah, love that. And uh, we will see you very soon for another podcast. Goodbye. <laughs> One all, whatever, Tommy. Don't care. <laughs> Ask ratio.